everyone, and welcome to another episode of Club Resort Talks. Today's episode is sponsored by Southern Aluminum. Southern Aluminum is a leading manufacturer of innovative linenless meeting and event furniture. For 45 years, the company has pioneered a wide range of furniture, including meeting and banquet tables, event cocktail tables, mobile nesting buffets, mobile bar and beverage systems, retail-style shelving, and much more. Their suite of linenless solutions can complement any space designed through multifaceted product customization. Learn more at southernaluminum.com. Without further ado, let's get up to our uh, senior editor, Phil Karen. Phil, how's it going? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you? Doing well. No complaints. We got a cold day coming tomorrow, and then I think we got in for a uh, seasonably, unseasonably warm temperatures next week. I know. How about that? We've had a pretty, I think we've mentioned it before, we've had a pretty unseasonably warm winter here uh, in the northern part of the country. So I'm not going to complain too much about it. Although I, I, now and then I actually miss the snow a little bit, but not too much. Well, I miss it at Christmas time. After that, yes. it can be, it can be green, but um, you know, what can you do? Uh, such as global warming or just the climate, you know, this particular year, I'm sure we're going to get hit with snow. Snow's not gone forever here in Northeast Ohio, uh, whether no. we get any more this year or, you know, the coming years, I'm sure we're going to be hit. So, right. uh, you right. know, let's enjoy it while we can. Absolutely. I don't want to, I'm not going to quite polish my golf clubs yet. I'm not quite ready to do that here in, in late February, but pretty soon. We'll keep I an am. eye on the weather. Yeah. Heck with it. Let's do it. Doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Rose colored glasses. They're on. That's right. Yeah. What are you seeing in the news, Phil? Well, we had a lot of, um, I thought, interesting stories this week. One, as I was just telling you about before we came on, the story about Nick Nurse, who's the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, he decided to purchase his um, childhood country club, the country club that he grew up at, uh, which is in Iowa, uh, Carroll Country Club in Carroll, Iowa. Uh, As I understand it, I guess he had, um, last summer, he got an email from a a resident in Carroll asking for help in keeping the golf course alive. And he decided to uh, to purchase it. And he's hired hired a couple of people I guess he's known for a long time. A former high school classmate, Michael Pranger, is going to be his general manager at the club. And uh, a gentleman named Greg Seaman is going to be the golf pro there. And I guess uh, Nick Nurse met him while he was coaching uh, in Toronto, coaching the Raptors there. So kind of a cool story. He's... Um, as I understand it from reading the story we had on clubandresortbusiness.com this week, the nurse's family belonged to Carroll Country Club for more than 35 years, um, and he started his love, love for golf there. He has great memories of, you know, spending the day there, especially in the summer, play some golf, enjoy a barbecue, go swimming, you know, 4th of July, see the fireworks and everything. He has a lot of good memories there. So when he had heard from this resident uh, that they needed some help, he decided to to jump in there and he's uh, the owner of the club now. And he's, you know, planning now to be back at the club more in than in previous summers to, to play golf again. So I thought that was a cool story, kind of brought back memories of the club I grew up at as well, have similar memories and uh, exciting to see that he decided to jump in there uh, with a new business venture. Yeah. Pranger, I guess, came from uh, the University of Southern California, I think maybe in the athletic department. So he's got experience managing big, uh, big projects. And uh, he and Nurse both raved about the greens. So those greens must be smooth and fast. 
I guess they're going to be a little things, little cosmetic things here and there need to be changed, addressed in the clubhouse, but uh, seems to be in good hands and, uh, you know, makes me like the 76ers a little bit more. Right. Uh, not much more, but a little bit more. And, uh, you know, as long as the Cavs beat them in the playoffs, <laughs> absolutely fine. That's right. Yeah, there you go. And I thought the other cool part was to see that he is, well, it's, I guess in a way kind of connected to his having childhood memories of the club. He's planning to support the junior golf programs there at Carroll Country Club uh, through a foundation he has. So I think that's a, he's also interested in having, um, yeah, high schools, possibly even colleges play golf tournaments at the club as well. So it's so a lot of good stuff there going on as far as, um, you know, growing the game too. Seems like a good guy and an excellent coach. I was surprised that he um, left Toronto after the championship. I thought yeah. he'd be there for years to come, but, um, you know, Philadelphia is reaping the rewards, I suppose. They are definitely indeed. Well, um, looking at another sport, uh, which we've talked about many times on here, pickleball, uh, there was an interesting story this week talking about, um, you know, the rise in popularity of pickleball, but, we have we see the rise of it, but it also means we're seeing more injuries related to the sport as well. And as I understand it, there was um, a meeting of the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons this past week. Um, and at that meeting, there was a presentation, uh, an analysis of a large government injury database that um, found bone fractures related to pickleball had increased by 200% during the last 20 years. Um, uh, it was interesting because I guess, as I understand it, that analysis only looked at that kind of an injury. So the story we had shared this week on Club Resort Business pointed out the fact that um, the injury rate is probably even more so because it was only looking at us. This analysis was only looking at a certain type of injury. Certainly, likely we're, we probably also see sprained ankles, knee injuries from uh, pickleball. And it was interesting to read the story, too, because... Um, you know, we've often talked on here, Rob, about how pickleball is sort of an easier sport to pick up than tennis. Um, but there's some good comments here from orthopedic surgeons in the story talking about how, hey, even if pickleball is, you know, an easier sport than tennis and some other sports we might try. Um, I thought they made good comments about the fact you have to be careful anytime you try a new sport. Um, especially if you've had any health issues, it's probably a good idea to have your doctor check you out a little bit and make sure everything's all right. And also, as we've learned in playing sports, you know, wear correct shoes, do a proper warm up, um, all those things will kind of reduce the likelihood of um, of injury. But I thought it was an interesting story. Uh, probably, you know, a little bit of a cautionary tale, not to panic anybody, but just remember. I mean, even in a sport like pickleball, which I know is relatively easy to pick up and uh, to enjoy, but um, the risk of injury is still there, and you should take some precautions for it. Well. 200% is a, an alarming statistic. I'm sure statisticians will tell you, well, 200% uh, increase considering the amount of participation increase over the last 20 years is probably, I mean, tenfold as far as participation numbers go. Uh, it's not that alarming, but I mean, still, I mean, a fracture is a fracture is a fracture. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, it's, it's, it may be easier than tennis, but um, it still involves running around. And, you know, a lot of people tripping and falling, breaking an ankle, you know, dislocating something at a hip. So, uh, you know, God bless them. Um, and especially when there was the older people. Now there's younger people. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe it's just as 
because they're more active and they're they're more aggressive. Uh, you know, as the older people, God only knows what kind of injuries you're having. But um, you know, it's I've I've still not played pickleball, but I'm sure when I do, and I'm going to eventually, uh, I'll be coming away with some aches and pains, hopefully not a fracture. You know, as a quick aside, Rob, that reminds me, I spoke to my parents about a week ago, and my dad told me that he had tried out pickleball with a with a friend, a uh, mutual friend. Uh, so, and he said he enjoyed it a lot. My my dad forever is in his seventies and uh, good health and everything, but you know he's he at one time played tennis. It's probably been good lord, it's probably been thirty years since he played tennis, right? Um, gave it up, it probably gave it up honestly because indeed it is it is hard on your body. And he said he enjoyed it a lot. Uh, yeah. It was uh, quick and easy to learn, and yeah, so good stuff with that. One other thing about that study that well, we were speculating about. I think one you made a good point about the fact that. As we know, there's many more people playing pickleball. So some of that statistic, not that I'm an expert with, but we can see reasonably that part of the reason for that is obviously there's a lot more people playing in the first place. So there are going to be more reports of injuries. The other thing that occurred to me too was in talking about how pickleball's an easier sport to play, I, I tend to think that it also sort of it may attract some people who don't who haven't played sports much in their lives and haven't gotten used to the idea of I, I mean, I think proper footwear is really important in any kind of sport you play. Also, a warm-up, stretching, and all that stuff, which if you grew up playing sports, you kind of understand that. If you're talking about somebody who is kind of a novice to a sport, but they want to try pickleball, maybe that's part of it, too. Just not doing the proper preparation like our one uh, orthopedic surgeon was pointing out in the story. Just another hey, thought with that. Helpful hint coming from somebody who used to work at Foot Locker in college. Running shoes are great for running and even walking, but not great for lateral movement sports, tennis, volleyball. I didn't like that because they're built up higher and they're meant to go heel to toe, heel to toe. So a lot of people were in their running shoes to go out there and play. Now they're on a platform and it's easier to, to twist and turn and hopefully not break an ankle, but certainly so no running shoes on the pickleball court. If you're going to be playing aggressively, if you're just out there dinking and dunking, whatever, but uh, so you start right. getting competitive. Make sure you're wearing the right shoes, tennis shoes, cross trainers, something that's based with a lower, lower uh, level. Closer right. to the ground. Interesting. I didn't know that, but uh, it makes definitely makes a lot of sense for sure. Yep. So uh, a couple other quick, just a couple of quick ones. I did notice we had a couple stories this week about uh, clubs that are for sale. Um, one was out in uh, Oklahoma, Quail Ridge Golf Club in Grove, Oklahoma. Um, and they're for sale there it comes after actually they did some property enhancements um some remodeling of an event center they have there so they're looking to uh to sell and then also um heading back east pomona golf course and country club in egg harbor city new jersey actually that's been on the market since november um listing for about 2.5 million it has a 3,800 square foot clubhouse, um, restaurant seats, 54 small kitchen, outdoor patio. Um, I believe if I saw it, yes, it is. It's a nine hole golf course there as well. So a couple of places looking to um, find a buyer and hopefully we'll find a buyer that's interested in maintaining those places as golf facilities. Yeah. Hey, golf is big right now. Uh, the boom is kind of, we're on the downside of the boom, 
but it's still riding a lot higher than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So uh, get in there, get in while the getting's good. And um, let's keep, let's keep these golf courses going. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I important to keep the kind of variety of places that we see going as well, I think to appeal to that sort of wide range of interests we're seeing among, especially among new golfers that are, they're coming into it. Hey, let's get to our interview guests before we get too deep into our conversations. Can you give us a little, uh, little tip on what's coming up? Sure. Absolutely. This was interesting. We had uh, featured actually this uh, company's study recently too on clubresortbusiness.com. It was a study uh, that looked at kind of some metrics, analytics around country clubs. Uh, it's a company called Placer AI. They are a location analytics company that looks at mobile data to create foot traffic estimates for any physical location in the U.S. <laughs> I'm going to let our guests explain it further than that. That's my cliff note version of that, right? Um, but anyways, they recently, the company recently did an examination of 50 country club locations around the country, um, looked at some visitor information with those clubs. Then they focused in on some uh, demographic information for 12 of those sites. And the most interesting finding was that the, at least to me, was the median age of people going to the clubs as either member or guest is declining. And by my calculus, my rough math, uh, of the 12 locations, it had declined actually about three and a half. The median age had gone down about three and a half years from 2019 to 2023, which I think is interesting because obviously that's like a pre-pandemic versus a post-pandemic comparison. So I talked to, his name is RJ Hadavi. He's head of analytical research at Placer AI. Had an interesting conversation about the data and what it means for club leaders and, you know, kind of how they can put it to good use for their future plans. All right. Intriguing. And I'm sure a lot of good nuggets for our audience to take away. So without uh, wasting any more time, let's get to it, Phil. Welcome back to Club and Resort Talks. I'm Phil Karen with Club and Resort Business. Well, a company called Placer.ai recently examined location intelligence metrics of country clubs in an effort to better understand how these metrics are shifting and what may be what might be driving these changes. One finding of this examination is that the makeup of club membership may be starting to change. Thought it was an interesting topic here for our audience. Joining me to uh, discuss the findings is RJ Hadavi, head of analytic analytical research at placer.ai. RJ, welcome to Club Missouri Talks. Yeah, thanks for having me, Phil. Oh, you're welcome. First of all, to start it off, for our audience, can you tell us about Placer.ai and what your company does. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so Placer AI, we are a location analytics company powered by mobile data. Uh, in simpler terms, that means we can come up with foot traffic estimates for any physical property in the United States, uh, whether that's an individual retail store, shopping mall, airport, downtown district, golf course, country club, anything you can draw a shape around on a map, we can come up with a, a foot traffic number four. And how does that work? Well, we partner with several dozen app companies, and through those app partnerships, we are given 24-7 location data for a panel now of about 25 million different devices. Importantly, we collect no information about that device user. In fact, all we collect is latitude, longitude, and a unique ID that we can assign to that device to track things like visitor frequency. Uh, but importantly, we know nothing about that user. All the data we collect is anonymized, aggregated. There's no way to tie that back to an individual user. Uh, but what's interesting about our data is we also then partner with other data 
sets. So if we know a device is going back to a certain zip code, and that's about as granular as we get in terms of where, you know, the location, um, you know, we, we can infer that that's a home location and we can use other data sets about that zip code block or that area to infer who might be coming into uh, a shopping mall or to a retail store or to a country club. Um, yeah, so that's how we're able to still do things like demographic data and psychographic data, even though we aren't collecting any personal information. So uh, we, at this point, work with uh, about 3,600 customers. Um, you know, we uh, work across commercial real estate, retail, restaurants, uh, you know, municipalities, uh, advertising businesses, although we don't do individual targeting. Um, so a lot of different variety in businesses and different things, a lot of different things foot traffic analytics can tell you um, and, and really help uh, add a lot of value, create return on investment type uh, decisions, um, you know, better real estate decisions, better marketing decisions. So those are the kind of things that we like to help out with, uh, with our platform. Okay. And to kind of, I use a term there and our audience probably needs a little better clarification on, can you talk a little bit about the then location intelligence metrics, what those are? Yeah, I mean, in simplest form, I mean, I think there's a number of things that we track, a number of KPIs that we look at, uh, overall visits to a particular property or to, you know, an area. Um, so the number of visitors, um, visit frequency, how is that compared to a year ago or to four years ago if we're looking at things on a pre-pandemic basis? Visit frequency, how long do people stay at a given property? Dwell time, I think, can be a really meaningful uh, number to look at. Um, you know, trade area size, how far are people coming in? Uh, I mentioned that we use other data sets that, you know, uh, census and other public data sets that we can layer on top of our data. From that data, we can understand uh, you know, household income or average age of people coming in. So real meaningful insights. A lot of businesses have some of this data, but not completely, especially, you know, maybe you have your member data, but you're looking for guest data um, or just want to understand the, the profile of the trade area that you're in, the, the market that you're in. A lot of different ways to get answers to maybe uh, fine tune your business and really optimize uh, whatever it is, that, whatever initiative it is you're working on. Okay. Actually, that what you've said so far actually called to mind another question, since we are talking about an examination of some metrics involving country clubs. Have you, just in general, I'm not asking for any specific, have, are, you, are you working with any country clubs around the country right now who are interested in the, the data you're I believe, we, I believe we are working with some groups um, and, and we've worked with some uh, some uh, golf organizations as well. Uh, worked with a couple of a couple of trade groups that are, um, you know, worked with some other, uh, you know, leisure leisure groups as well. So uh, it's amazing. We're, we're finding new applications and new use cases for our data every day. And so I, I think we are starting to use it. Uh, but, you know, if, if your your listeners are, are interested, feel free to check out our site at placer.ai. We've got a free version of the site that you can check around and get a feel for the data that's out there. And, you know, if it's interesting, you know, feel free to reach out. We'd love to talk more. Okay, very good. So for this examination that I talked about a moment ago, you had looked, Placer AI looked at, one of the pieces of information you looked at was you vis, you looked at um, visit rate data at 50 country clubs around the country, and you compared month to month, you compared 2023 to the corresponding months in 2019, uh, and you did find, as we were talking before we came on here, that that number was actually in 2023, a visit rate was higher in eight of the 12 months in 2023 compared with the core, their corresponding months in 2019. Yep. Um, highest level of growth in June of 2023, where the visits were up by almost 29% compared to June of 2019. So yep. talk about that a little bit. Why did you think that the club visits for the most part increased during the four years, four year period? Any factors at play that you could point to? 
Yeah, well, I mean, as a starting point, you're exactly right. For this, uh, for this analysis, we looked at a, uh, a custom chain or custom index of 50 different country clubs uh, spread across the country. Uh, so we want to look at multiple markets, um, you know, just to kind of make sure we were seeing kind of the impact, um, you know, and kind of normalizing for regional differences. And you're exactly right. I mean, if we look at eight of the 12 months in 2023, we saw that visits were up, um, you know, compared to the same period in 2019. Uh, this is important because if you look across Across the broader retail or restaurant space, uh, that's pretty rare. We we not seeing a lot of categories that are up on a four year year over four year basis. Uh, to be honest, most of the groups are down. Uh, maybe that's because we saw a lot of closures in, in retail and restaurants because of the pandemic or just changing in behavior, uh, people moving to different trade areas, things like that. So it's fascinating to us to look at the country club data because this is one of those categories that's seen some real strength. Um, and I think there's a number of factors that explain it. Um, one, I, I do think that we saw adoption of golf uh, really start to pick up. Uh, golf and other activities that you find at a country club uh, really accelerated during the pandemic. We saw this big pull forward and demand for sporting goods and other athletic equipment. And I think there was a corresponding increase in uh, demand for country clubs as a, as a result. So I think that that was a big part of it. Um, I think, you know, we're also seeing evidence of a changing behavior around how people interact with country clubs. They're becoming much more than just for sport and becoming much more of a social and networking environment. Um, and I think that's a big part of it too. And as I'm sure we'll get into more, I, mean, I think the, the demographics around this too, we're seeing a country clubs reach a lot of, in a lot of cases, a younger audience. And I think that's important too. So I think there's a number of factors that would explain why we're seeing visitation up uh, year over year. Um, really coming down to just, you know, behavioral things like people adopting the sport more, uh, using country clubs differently than they had in the past and just, you know, a different makeup of who's coming into these locations. Interesting point too about golf and my co-host Rob Thomas and I have spoken at length actually on our podcast about how indeed golf um, experienced a boom during the pandemic because indeed it was one of those few activities uh, that people could continue doing uh, during those those difficult times we went through last couple of years. So uh, yeah, that definitely played a big role in it for sure. Golf. And then also, yes, we've also talked in general about the changing nature of the country club, uh, the way um, it's also sort of taking on a little bit more of a community center aspect as well. So yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah changes there. Sure. Go ahead, RJ. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's something we're seeing across the board and it's not just country clubs. I mean, I think there's been a big movement, um, you know, as we kind of were isolated for a couple of years, we're seeing more and more, uh, you know, community centers and they can be different things. It could be the shopping mall. It could be uh, a park in your neighborhood, things like that. Um, every neighborhood seems to be having, you know, kind of this community, uh, this placemaking, as we call it, uh, is really becoming an important part of the overall, uh, you know, evolution of where we see commercial real estate and um, really kind of just, you know, neighborhoods and communities in general. So it's fascinating because we're seeing it across other other neighborhoods and other areas of the country as well. And it's fun, funny, the uh, the different um, properties that are taking on that role as a community center is pretty interesting. Absolutely. And I just want to dig into that then a little bit more. Uh, more specific, I know we talked about the 50 clubs around the country you looked at in terms of um, uh, visits to the club. Uh, you then, you also looked more specifically at 12 different country clubs, as I understand it, three each in Long Island, New York, Austin, Texas, uh, the greater Atlanta area, and then the greater Minneapolis area, uh, and looked at some demographic information there. Uh, I know that then for those clubs, you looked at one of the things that Placer AI looked at was median age of visitors to the club. And um, and I saw, oh, actually one thing I want to get into too is, and I sorry, I should have asked that to start with, 
as far as comparing 2019 to 2023, what was the reasoning kind of behind comparing those years, if you will? Yeah, um, no, I mean, it, it, if nothing yeah. else, yeah, no, and the comparison between 23 and 2019, uh, it's really to kind of get a capture of pre versus post pandemic. 2019 was kind of the, the last normal year before we uh, we all sequestered and, and locked ourselves away for the pandemic. Um, and 2023 was kind of, uh, quote unquote, the, the first normal year we've had, you know, it, it certainly wasn't, it certainly some, some differences between 2023 and 2019, but it, it effectively that gives us a, a pre versus post pandemic, uh, uh, the ability to look at things pre versus post pandemic. Okay. Right. I kind of had a sense that's what it was about, but it figured yeah. that you share that and it, it makes a lot of sense. Interesting now to look at. It's a good point. 2023 may have been our first quote unquote normal year, whatever whatever that means to everybody anymore. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, 2020 was, I mean, down for just about any kind of property, no matter yes. what you were in. And then 21 mm-hmm. was kind of a recovery year. 22 had some normalization, but still we had, you know, Omicron early in 22 and, you know, other things. 23 is kind of the, the first really normal year. And again, you know, use your your own definition of normal there. Um, you know, it's kind of the first normal year we've had. So I thought that was appropriate in terms of a, a, a comparison here. Sure, sure. makes a lot of sense. So among those 12 clubs I mentioned, um, or in those different locations around the country. Uh, I know a place where AI looked at, you were looking at um, median age among uh, visitors. And I guess for our audience who we should clarify, visitors does refer to, you can correct me, RJ, if I'm getting this wrong, visitors does refer to both members and guests coming to a club. Yeah, the way to think about it is if you draw a shape around your your country club, uh, our data would collect anybody um, who would would be coming in there. Uh, not anybody, uh, you know. Again, we we only collect a sample devices that are out there, but from that data, you know, that sample we see of people coming into your know, property. Uh, you know, our data scientists use the latest in AI and machine learning to extrapolate that to come up with a full estimate. Um, you know, our 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 panel. Uh, accounts for about 25 million devices, which represents about 10% of the device population in the U.S., give or take. And from there, we can extrapolate. So the way to think about it, though, is, you know, we draw a shape around your club. Anybody coming in, whether that's a member, whether that's a a guest, uh, that would be included in that sample that we then draw from. Okay, that makes sense. So, and in looking at that data, you did find among the 12 clubs uh, in the different parts of the country, the median age among members, visitors, what have you, had dropped by 3.6 years from 2019 to 2023. Um, can you talk about uh, any thoughts on why that that change happened like that? Yeah, it's it's been fascinating too, and this is something I think is is important for for anybody really uh, that deals in physical properties is that the trade areas uh, are really changing. I mean, uh, we've seen a lot of different migration trends over the last couple of years. We've certainly seen more people move out of urban settings to more suburban and rural. And I think that's part of what's happening here is that um, you know, we saw some some younger population or kind of maybe your, your 30 to 40 year old population that had maybe gotten, you know, tired of the city, was looking to, you know, find more, more space, uh, had moved out to the suburbs. So I think there's certainly an element of that. Uh, we didn't see that among kind of the 20-something audience, but I think we did see a pretty big movement between kind of the ages of 30 and 40 uh, to the, the suburb, suburban and even in a lot of cases rural uh, areas. And so I think that explains a lot of it too, is that the trade areas around, uh, particularly some of these markets, had changed um, the last couple of years. 
Um, so I think that migration, you know, just between urban to suburban played a big part of it. Uh, we've also seen migration away from certain markets. I mean, we saw a lot of northern markets like New York, Chicago, a lot of western markets like San Francisco and Los Angeles. Uh, people from those areas moved to, you know, Phoenix, uh, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Austin, uh, Central Florida and the Carolinas were areas that we saw a lot of growth. And so I think uh, looking at some of the markets that we identified, as you pointed out, they were Long Island, Minneapolis, Atlanta, um, and Austin. I mean, I think we saw some of those trends play out there as well. So I think certainly migration played a part in it too. But I also think, you know, what we just talked about, the idea that the, the way clubs are being used has evolved. And so I think that some of that is also playing into the uh, the fact that, um, you know, it's attracting a younger, younger audience. People want to be part of these social clubs. And to your point about becoming a community center, I think that did have a big part in drawing some of the uh, the new people into these locations. And again, the way we're looking at this is based on the sample of people coming in the, the, the location. We can then extrapolate from the zip code and the makeup of the zip code. And we're seeing people from who are, you know, younger ages of that zip code are coming into these locations more often. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's definitely been, we, I know my co-host and I, Rob and I have talked a lot about various things that have happened over the years to, um, or even just recent years to make clubs more, um, more in line and more of interest to a younger audience, uh, than perhaps they had done in the past. Uh, whether it's kind of relaxing dress code, it could be um, being more family friendly, because if, if it's the 30 to 40 crowd that's moving in there, that might be seeing a lot of people starting families, having children have activities there. Um, so yeah, a lot of things like that, I think, are, have definitely played a role in in uh, bringing down that it was interesting. to. It, it did strike me, I, I mean, I don't do this, RJ, you're the one that looks at the data like this all the time. It did seem to me, though, that... Um, and that, by the way, I think that number I got, the 3.6, I, I think I did a, my own little math there. And that was the average among those 12 clubs of the average drop in the median sure, age, sure. 3.6 years among those 12 clubs. Um, it struck me, though, but I guess have you tell me, that seemed like a very a pretty significant drop in a fairly short period. Of time. That is, is that to be honest. Yeah. That, that is. Uh, and I'm going to trust your math here, uh, Phil. So I, I'll take your word for it. Uh, but that is a pretty significant drop. Typically, you don't see that kind of change uh, when we're looking at, you know, say a retail chain or a restaurant change. You don't see that much of a drop. I mean, you, you see minor differences and even a minor difference can be meaningful. Um, you know, we've seen a couple of retailers that have brought, you know, drawn younger audiences that brought that average or median age down. Uh, this is pretty significant. I mean, to see, um, you know, kind of the average age was going into it was kind of like four, 41 you know, or so, you know, a little over 41 years old was kind of the average, uh, you know, median age of a visitor coming into those clubs we selected to move uh, pretty significantly down like that. Uh, that's a pretty big drop. Um, and, and I think that says a lot too. And you're right. I mean, in a short amount of time, uh, I mean, that just kind of shows you the impact in consumer behavior and how quickly things change. And um, again, if you're kind of basing your, uh, you know, whatever project it may be, maybe expansion, maybe looking at different amenities for a club, um, you, know, you have to factor in these things because the, the area around uh, your clubs has changed significantly, no matter where in the country you're, you're located at this point. And so I think that this is kind of interesting that, that it really kind of underscores how, how quickly things change in the pandemic and how, how things are very different from like where they were. Um, and I think that's obvious to everybody, but seeing the data behind it's really interesting as well. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely interesting to see it um, kind of bear out in the data. Um, so one other category that this examination looked at, uh, you looked at the median household income among the, the visitors and members that coming into the club. Um, in this case of the 12 clubs we were, we've been referring to, six of those clubs saw a rise in the median household income among visitors and six saw a drop in the category. 
any thoughts on why the the results are, I guess were a little more varied than it was on the um, median age issue? Yeah, I, I think it really comes down to the migration data that I, I referenced before. The fact that um, a lot of these places have seen just a change in their overall um, demographics and stuff. Um, for instance, in Austin, Texas, where we did see almost, I, I think the three clubs we looked at actually saw a decrease um, or one was flat and then two of the clubs were actually saw a decrease in household income. What's interesting about that is, I mean, we've seen a ton of population growth to Austin. I mean, that was one of the top five cities in terms of po permanent population growth that we saw during the pandemic. So from 2019 to today. But what's interesting too, is if we take a look at kind of the household income and where people were coming from before, and then that settled in the Austin market, we actually saw a decrease in the overall household income. So that um, you know, lower household income individuals were coming into that market, um, you know, at a, it, certainly lower than what was already there before. And so I think that played a part in that that number. Uh, on the flip side, you know, something like you know in Minneapolis where we actually saw most of the clubs in that market we surveyed saw an increase in household income. Um, in a lot of cases, that was you know that suburb that urban to suburban movement that we saw higher household income individuals that were living downtown and moved out to the suburbs. Um, so I think it's case by case, but it usually comes down to movement of people and migration is really the explanation behind it all. Um, it's been fascinating. I mean, we've seen all sorts of trends and, um, you know, honestly, we've been talking to a lot of retailers, a lot of uh, movie theater companies, a lot of other, uh, you know, commercial businesses about how their trade areas changed because, you know, hey, we expect a lot more growth because we're seeing this big population boom. But have you looked at who those people are? It's not just the absolute number of people coming in. It's the uh, the profile that that customer coming in that you really have to be mindful of. And so I think that's going to be interesting. Um, you know, things may have changed in a given market. There may be uh, because of this migration, because of the housing market and other things going on, uh, that audience that you're trying to target for your clubs uh, has dramatically changed. So I think you're right. I think it is a mixed result. It's not quite the same thing that we saw with the uh, the, the demographics. And, and I, I think to your point, some of that was also the, the way we clubs are being used. But I think it's interesting too, just the areas around the, each one of these clubs has changed. And I think that's explaining some of the household income changes that we're seeing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Um, so in our, our audience here, club resort talks, uh, club resort business, club resort business.com is, you know, we, we mainly have general managers of country clubs. We have head golf professionals, golf course, superintendents, other professionals in the, in the club industry. So what, and I, you've really already been touching on that a little bit, but maybe to kind of synthesize it here, what aspects of this study should they pay the most close attention to here? Um, I mean, I think the key takeaway is one is that uh, there, there are pretty clear signs that uh, demand for country clubs is up. Um, you know, and that's either because people are playing golf more or some of the other activities that are affiliated with country clubs um, or that people are using clubs differently. But I think it's pretty clear with the data that uh, visits to country clubs are up. People are they're, they're attracting more people. The, the usage rates of country clubs are up. So I think that's first the positive. Um, you know, the second point is certainly that the age. Um, of people coming into country clubs has gone down. And I think that is important as you kind of plan out and think about, um, you know, what it is you want to use, how, how the club wants to be used. Is it something of a community center? Does that help in terms of new projects? And then lastly, I mean, household income, I mean, it, this is something we're seeing a, a wide range of variety in terms of, um, you know, what's happening in different trade areas. 
And so as you think about different things and, you know, how you want to optimize your club in the future, it's something that I think you have to be mindful of. It's not just the number of people there, but also uh, the characteristics and the profile of that, that customer, because there could be significant opportunities to grow your, your membership base and, uh, you know, um, you know, make the, the club, uh, you know, maximize the, uh, the, uh, the opportunities for that club. So uh, a lot of different things. And I mean, um, yeah, there's so much more too in terms of geolocation, location-based analytics too. I mean, that you can really dive into um, cross-hesitation, what other businesses are these companies are these these visitors looking at um, market share we doing better than rival clubs things like that a lot of different things you can dive into but you know it's really interesting just kind of we're even scratching the surface which is the visitation changes year over four years and the demographic data it's really interesting to look at absolutely yeah absolutely and it, it does i can see where it presents a lot of opportunities for club professionals to um plan new projects but of course they they might have to shift their focus on what they're, you know, directing their resources into based on what they're finding out. Because again, usage going up, but the, the profile of the, the typical person coming into the club might be different than it was five or 10 years ago. So now right. you need to look at how to adjust what you're offering as far as, um, you know, programs and facilities and services. So yeah, I mean, we, can even get as, we can even get as granular as things like uh, different activities and sports. I mean, is this particular market, you know, have a lot of paddleball enthusiasts or things like that. We can get pretty mm -hmm. granular to the data. So uh, yeah, it's, it's worth uh, worth checking out if you haven't. So, but really appreciate it. Sure. No problem. And if uh, RJ, if people want to read more about any of these, um, I mean, I'm going to mention club resort business, of course, but where can people find out more about the research that Placer AI is doing? Yeah, just go to Placer AI. There is a, a free uh, trial uh, subscription there as well, but there's a couple other publications. Uh, we have the Placer blog uh, that covers things kind of uh, more day-to-day -day type stuff. There's uh, also something called the Anchor, which my team does, which is a little bit more commercial real estate and retail focus. Uh, but go check it out, explore it and see it. There's a lot of good stuff, a lot of interesting sound bites, and just kind of gives you a sense for how you can use location analytics to, to analyze different trends, um, you know, for different, you know, different things. And, you know, maybe it's a, you know, your other businesses, other other things that you're involved with, um, you know, there's probably some useful data out there. So check it out. Um, if you want to talk more, if you see some stuff you like and want to talk more, we're always happy to talk. Excellent. Sounds great. Well, very interesting stuff. Uh, RJ Hadavi with uh, Placer AI. Thank you for your time, RJ. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, for folks watching this podcast today, just a reminder, you can uh, watch other episodes of Club and Resort Talks uh, just by visiting us at clubandresortbusiness.com. You can also look at our YouTube channel, uh, check that out. And of course, check out clubandresortbusiness.com for all the latest news in the uh, club and resort industry. Until then, take care, stay well, and have a great day.